never forget why you are the church. Expect victory. If you have not come to understand yet, let me reemphasize again. We, as born-again believers, are not to live in defeat. If you are, listen, hear me now. If you are living in defeat, it is not God's fault. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. The enemy thought he had him defeated. Three days later, he rose up from the grave. He had victory over death, hell, and the grave. And through that resurrection, we can also have victory. And when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can expect victory, not just on Sunday, not just at revival, not just at a conference, but every single day. We may get punched in the mouth by this world. We may struggle. We may battle. We may not have a good day every day, but God, amen? He made us new creations. He has forgiven us. His victory has become our victory as well. Listen, I'm going to reemphasize again. You're going to hear it. Expect victory. As a matter of fact, I want to become such a culture that if you haven't heard it from me within 30 minutes, I want you to ask me, Jacob, are you still expecting victory? Because I'm going to tell you, my bad. Expect victory. Let's never forget it. And when you do, you will find that opposition will try to steal that victorious mindset. Let's, let's just review quickly. We've, we've seen a few keys to how we can expect victory. Key number one to expecting victory, do not let, let past sin control you Today, what that means is do not let the guilt of what God has forgiven keep you from serving him today. If there's anything that this world wants to do is to beat Christians down so much that they are rendered useless. If there's anything that the enemy, uh, with his limited control of the world system, wants to do is to lie to you and say you can't, do that because of what you've done in the past. Let me tell you something. The Bible tells us very clearly that he puts it in a sea of forgetfulness. It's as far as the east is from the west. When you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about you, but on Friday, man, we, uh, uh, we, we were in the van for a whole long time. And, and I tell you, you know, I was... I was uh, I was, it was, it was a great time, but you know, you in a van a whole long time. You know what I'm saying? Like Kenny was doing a great job, but you in a van for a long time. And this ain't like no high topper van. Maybe one day y'all will get one, but, but uh, it was like a low top van. So, so man, and, and Kenny's like, man, I'm trying to get home. And, and well, I'm not even going to go there because, <laughs> but anyway, you hit, poor Jay was in the back seat and man, it was the worst part, place to be. And he'd hit a, he'd hit a, tr- a railroad track and man, I could just see Jay just slow-mo just, and I'm just like, oh, no, Jay. But anyway, so we're in the van, and, man, it's, 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 it's a situation to where, you know, we were thinking that we we're going to get to Memphis, check in our hotel rooms, and change for church, and then be able to go to church, right? Well, that's not what happened. So they ended up not having anything for Saturday morning, which, you know, I don't know uh, why they did that, but they ended up not doing it. So we were going to drive down there and drive back. So I had sweatpants on, a T-shirt and like some tennis shoes. And that's fine. That's, that's my usual, you know, pastor, you know, apparel Monday through Saturday. But 
I was wanting to put some jeans on, you know, a nicer shirt. But, man, you know how you're in a van and you just kind of get, get nasty. You're sitting there. You don't know why. You're not doing anything. You know, maybe the air conditioning is on. Maybe it's not or whatever it is. What is going on with my thing? I, sh- I should have let you tape it, Miss Emily. That's my bad. I'm sorry. She told me she should have, but I told her no this morning. But anyway, can you hear me now? Well, a three of you can. Can you hear me now? All right. So, man, we, we get there, and, and on the way there, I'm starting to sense that, man, <laughs> I'm sweating. And I'm getting to where I'm feeling nasty. Anyone ever felt nasty? You know, some of y'all are like, man, I ain't shouted three days. <laughs> yeah, I feel nasty now. <laughs> right? So, so, so man, it's, it's one of those things to where, so then we went to church, and I'm like, man, I'm sweaty. Like, you know, my, my, I, my deodorant stopped working a long time ago, and, and I know I'm about to lift my hand and worship, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, poor Zach was beside me. He probably got the rough of it. But anyway, so, and then afterwards, we get right back on the van. All I'm trying to say is this, man. There was one thing that I wanted. I wanted number one, I wanted to get in my own bed. Number two, man, I wanted to take a shower. What's so lovely about taking a shower? When you get dirty... You can get clean. And when you're dirty, what will happen is you feel better. Right? You, 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 feel, you feel fresh. You feel like you can now, okay, now I can take on whatever I want to take on. Listen, if you are living in sin this morning, you have allowed dirt to come back into your life. You have allowed dirtiness and filthiness back into your life. I want you to know something. You do not have to allow that to control you serving the Lord today. You can repent and be cleansed and be washed and be cleaned by the blood of Jesus. Now, could our sin come up? Absolutely. Yes, the world loves to throw mistakes and failures in the face of people they do not like, especially Christians who are bold enough to share their faith. However, what God has forgiven, he has chosen to forget. So know this, God will never use past sin to discourage a believer. You can live in that freedom and expect victory. That is key number one. Key number two of expecting victory, and this is a big one right here, have a mind to work. Have a mind to work. Everyone look at Nehemiah chapter 4. Look at verse 6 right there. When you get there, say read. It says, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. To work. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that any distractions that might come to try to hinder this service, God, I pray they cease to exist. God, I pray, Lord, that we do not get distracted, even regardless of what happens. God, I pray, but this morning that we hear from you, God. Lord, I pray right now that you use me, God, as an honorable vessel to present your word. God, I pray that you allow me to do so with liberty, power, and freedom. God, and strength, God, Lord, I pray those that have ears to hear, let them hear. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. We learned that if you are going to expect victory, you better expect adversity. Nehemiah had an official document stating that he had the king's authority to fulfill his mission. Now, what was Nehemiah's mission? Build back the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. Right. Bring the reproach off of this holy city. See, he had moved away. He had moved afar off. He was now serving as cupbearer to the king of Persia. But in that time, the walls of Jerusalem have been burnt down. They have been made rubble. The gates burnt down, non-existent. Well, what is happening here? What that means is God's city, Jerusalem, is vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. And Nehemiah found out, said, we cannot have this. So 
He had a mission. It was ravished, torn to rubble, burned down, completely vulnerable to its enemies. By the way, what a mission to go on. What a mandate to have. Yet very quickly did adversity show up. If you would, we're going to kind of turn. You can look at the screen uh, or you can, the chapters aren't that long. You can turn with me in your Bible. But Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. When Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it. Well, what did they hear of? That they were going to go fix Jerusalem. When they heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Someone not liking what you are doing for the Lord, let me hear me now, should never stop you from what you are doing for the Lord. And Nehemiah did just that. He got to Jerusalem, scoped out the work that needed to be done, and brought a report to the people. If you want to turn to uh, verses 17 and 18 right there. It says this, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Now, he was, he's telling them, listen, it's, it's worse than we thought. I mean, the rubble is so bad, it, the word says literally he was riding a donkey to kind of scope the workout, and he had to go another way because he couldn't get past the rubble that was there. But what did he tell them in verse 18? Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me, and they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this work. Listen, that's exciting right there. See, what they heard, they didn't care how big the job was. They didn't care how hard the mission was. They didn't care how difficult the building was going to be. They rose up and they had a mind to work. Can I tell you something? When God reveals to you a need, get to work. When God reveals that something needs to happen, don't just stand there and stare. Don't just sit there and and, and ponder for, for years upon years trying to discern God's will. Get to work. The men and the people had a mind to work. Now, that's when opposition turned things up, though. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem, now we got another one along with them. The Arabian heard it. They laughed at us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that you do? Will ye rebel against the king? In other words, they made fun of, of Nehemiah and the people so much that, I mean, it wasn't like a ha-ha, look at you. No, it was, it was personal. It, 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 was, it, was, it was mocking. It was despising. It was falsely accusing. Hey, you're rebelling against the king. That in this day could have got your head cut off, could have got you executed. You know, a lot of Christians would have done at that point. You know what they would have done? They would have said, oh, man, the heat's getting too much for me here. Maybe I'll just pack up and go home and God will use me elsewhere. Let me just tell you something. If God is using you somewhere and the heat gets turned up, that means you're exactly where you need to be. We've got to stop running from our problems. We've got to stop running from the issues that happen in life. We need to start confronting them face to face by the authority of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, maybe now Nehemiah, just like us today, maybe he would quit. They're laughing at him, despising him, accusing him. I can't believe that he's laughing at me. Look at them laughing at us. I can't do any work for them. That's not, that's not what happened at all. 
Nehemiah gives one of the greatest responses I believe a believer can, can give to the enemy. Look at verse 20. Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build, but ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. In other words, you can't do anything here. I want you to understand something. That's how we should face the enemy in our life. You can't have me. I am God's. The enemy would try to make things personal. Well, guess what? The only personal I have is a personal relationship with Jesus. <laughs> the enemy can't bring up anything that God hasn't already forgiven. <laughs> listen, that's good. If I get excited, just, just bear with me. Because, listen, I, in my life, I've, 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 there, there's been times to where I've, I've had the mind to quit. It's just too difficult. It's just too much. There's no, there's no help. There's, listen, I, I, was, I was confessing uh, to my wife yesterday that, man, I, and I'm going to confess and be transparent with you, and I was listening to, 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 uh, to, um, to uh, podcast after podcast after message after message trying to get fed in this. Listen, I know how to preach. I'm not being arrogant here. Like, God has gifted me with the gift of preaching. You may not think so, but just whatever, okay? God, I know how to preach. Right? I know how to teach. I can teach God's word. That's not a problem. When I look at God's word, I look at it in, in a way of teaching. I, that just comes naturally to me. Listen, I know how to hype people up. I know how to, I can sing all these things. But for some reason, but for some reason, every single time we get on a high, every single time that, that something begins to happen, and then all of a sudden a sand ballots and a Tobias come around, you know what the enemy kind of whispers in my ear? You may be able to do all this, but you don't know how to grow a church. Now, I don't know if you know me or not, but that, that's personal to me. You say, well, Jacob, why do you want to grow a church? Because the more people come, the more people hear the gospel. The more people hear the gospel, the more people get saved. The more people get saved, the more people are going to go share the gospel. The more the gospel is shared, the more people get saved. Then the more people get saved, the more people they come. Then they get trained, and then they go out sharing the gospel. Then they lead people to Christ. Then they bring them to church. Then they get saved, and, and it, you see the process. Listen, it's very personal to me. And the enemy will say, hey, listen, you can do all these things, man. God has gifted you, but, man, you, you, you really can't do anything. He makes it personal. Now, that, that's obviously probably not your story, but what does the enemy, enemy make personal in your life? Oh, well, hey, listen, your marriage is crumbling. You can't do anything about it. You're lazy. You're useless. You're worthless. Maybe it's, hey, hey, you know what? Hey, hey, you, you can't, you're, you're not gifted. Your kids won't listen to you. Guys, listen, whatever the enemy is telling you, <laughs> you know what you can tell the enemy? Exactly what Nehemiah told the enemy. He said, you have no portion you have no right. You have no memorial in my life. Amen. Period. Done deal. End of story. Amen and amen. Y'all tried just then. That was so precious. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Praise the Lord. Listen, the enemy would try to make things personal. Through that personal relationship, I can submit to God, resist the devil, and he must flee. Guess what Nehemiah did next? They assigned the work. All of chapter 3 lines out the work delegated to the people. Big jobs, listen to me, big jobs takes many people. Hear me again. Just go ahead and say that in your mind with me. Big jobs take many people. 
See, all of chapter 3, if you read chapter 3, we're not going to for time's sake, but man, there was person after person after person. Nehemiah would say, you go do this, you go do that, you make sure this gets done. And man, it's a whole chapter full of names of people that rose up with a mind to work, that have strengthened their hands, that were on mission for the Lord. The people were bought in. They were committed to the mission. They had a mind to work. Well, what was the result of that? Well, isn't it funny how this is? Progress. You do realize when you start working for the Lord, progress may not come quickly. It can come quickly, but progress is going to happen. You say, well, I prayed, I prayed for so long. It's not, hey, keep on praying. Progress is happening. You do understand it's progress just that you haven't quit praying. That's progress. You say, well, I don't know how, I don't know how to pray. You know, the disciples asked the Lord, God, teach us to pray. Jesus, teach us to pray. You can ask the Lord today, hey, God, teach me to pray. Not how to pray, but to pray. You do understand that once you get to praying, listen, I, I, this has happened to me very, very recently this morning. Once you get to praying, man, you start thinking, man, what am I going to pray for this, this, at this time? What am I going to pray for this long? You know what starts happening? God starts putting burdens on your heart. God starts reminding you of names that need Jesus. God starts reminding you of people that need reconciliation and restoration. And before you know it, you... you you, you don't care what time it is. You just keep on praying. You keep on praying. You keep on praying. Listen, you know what the enemy wants? He wants to shut up our prayers. You know, Steve Gaines said it. And let me just tell you something. I got an enemy this morning. You know what it's called? This thing right here. My goodness. Joel, Janaya, I'm sorry. It might be a mess for these reels, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. My little ear is sore. But anyway, okay. But listen, hey. All I'm trying to say is this. Steve Gaines said, I mean, it, it stuck with me. I, I, I bought a book. Of, he's like one of my top uh, preachers that are that's still alive. And so I bought a book. I was like, you know what? I want a book of his. And, and it was uh, Pray Like It Matters. And he said, life is simply a collection of prayers answered and things that happen because you didn't pray. Now, he said a lot better than that. But what I'm trying to say is this. When you pray, things do happen. Do things happen regardless of you praying? Absolutely. But how awesome would it be to be a part of it? So progress happened. That leads to our next focus right here. So we know that adversity would come when you expect victory. But also, when you expect victory, you will become productive. Turn your Bibles to chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 1. It says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Now, right there, it says, but when it came to pass that when Sinbalat heard that we builded the wall, when the people have a mind to work, things will get done. But notice opposition came before. See, but was turned up during the work. Look at verse two and three. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what do these feeble Jews Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, shall even break down their stone wall. In other words, they're, they're turning it up. They're turning the mocking up. They're pointing the finger and saying, hey, what you're doing doesn't matter. They're saying, uh, as a matter of fact, one of them even says, you know what? A little fox that's about that big weighs a few pounds. If it climbs up on your big fortified wall, it'll just fall back down. Why even do it? Has the enemy ever talked to you like that? All the efforts you're putting in, 
He just tells you, hey, it doesn't matter. It's all going to crumble anyway. It doesn't matter the work you're putting in. It doesn't matter. It's all in vain. Can I tell you something? The Bible says that if you abound in the work of the Lord, anything you do for the Lord is not in vain. So what did Nehemiah do? (laughs) Well, if you know Nehemiah, he prayed. Look at verse 4. Hear, O God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Now, you say, I don't believe a Christian should pray like that. That's mean. You know, it's funny how we'll be mean in certain ways, and we, and we look at this and say, oh, we, we, that, that's not right. That's not kind. Can I tell you something? Understand that Sanballat and Tobiah had already declared themselves enemies of God. They were enemies of the work that God had put on Nehemiah's heart. They wanted, they wanted everything to, that God was doing to stop happening. The walls that were being built, they wanted to fall down. The gates that were being put back up, they wanted burned back down. They were enemies of God. They rejected his will. So Nehemiah, what do they do? Remember, if you expect victory, you'll be productive. Look at verse six. So built we the wall. Don't you love how it's like, hey, that's cool. All right. We let them talk. Let's get back to work. Or I, I can just see in, 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 in my head. Now, I'm not trying to impose on a text, but I'm just I'm just trying to think in my head on how it would be. And, and man, they come up thinking that their mocking is going to work. And all the while, they just keep on building. They just keep on working. They just keep on serving. And verse 6 says, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. Why? For the people had a mind to work. The best answer to the schemes of the devil, the schemes of the enemy, the schemes of this world is to keep going for the Lord. The last thing that we need to do is quit. That's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you to quit on your marriage. He wants you to quit on your children that are wayward. He wants you to quit on, on that mission field of a job that he's given you. He wants you to quit on the church that, that, that you serve at. He wants you to quit. As a coach, you know, and, and, and I'm not a coach anymore, so you can, you know, not like the way I did things. And not, I don't do it anymore. But, man, deep down, there's a, comp- there's a competitive spirit, obviously. If you're, if you're a coach and don't have any kind of competitive you know, mindset to you, you, you know, you, you're more of a teacher, not a coach. But anyway, I'll never forget, we, we would go up and we'd be playing a really good team. And man, there was something, and I know this is not right. Listen, this is third to fifth graders. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that I shouldn't care this much, but I cared so much, like about these third to fifth grade basketball players. And man, I know that they had another player on the other team that was really, really good, man. And I'll never forget one time we were going into the playoffs or the tournament, whatever it's called. And uh, man, I heard that he had rolled his ankle. And, man, I got the news. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I was like, hopefully it heals by tomorrow. <laughs> and, man, why did I do that? Why, well, well, now, now, granted, you, you do want to beat the best team. You want to beat the best. Stuff. But all I'm trying to say is this. Listen, then I was like, man, listen, hey, if their best player don't play, we got a better, we got a better chance of winning. You do, realize, you do realize that we are God's best players. Every single one of us, every single one of us is God's plan to bring the gospel and the good news to the world. 
not just me, not just the front row Baptist, not just the middle row Baptist, but even the back row Baptist. You are on the team and you are the best players of this team. Now you say, what does that matter? Well, when the enemy sees that we get injured, he, you know what he thinks? He thinks just like I thought about that best player. Oh man, I hope he stays down. I hope he's not, I hope he doesn't come to the game. I hope he doesn't, I hope he doesn't, you know, put the uniform on and, and get to going. But you know what we can do? We can tell the devil, hey, it doesn't matter. I may be injured. I may be hurt. I may be down. But I've got a God that is stronger than you. The best answer to the enemy's schemes is to keep going for the Lord. Jerusalem would have remained vulnerable to to more reproach and attacks if they would have quit. Church, what happens when we quit at the sight of adversity and opposition? We leave our family. We leave our church. We leave our life vulnerable to the enemy's will. Keep on working. When we are productive, we are too busy to mess with the wrong things. You know, I've heard the saying, if you're doing something right, it's really hard to do something wrong. But when you're not doing anything at all, it's really easy. Church, listen to me. Folks, listen. Human beings in the room, it's really easy to do something wrong if you're not doing anything at all. Once the enemy saw the progress, they did all they could to actively stop it. Discouragement, mocking, extortion, deception, false accusations. In chapter 6, we see Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem reach out to Nehemiah for a meeting. Uh, look, look right here and, and, and go to uh, uh, chapter 6 real quick. In verses 1 and 2, it says this. This, this is one of my favorite parts. <laughs> this is really cool. Just, just pay attention here now. In verse 1 and 2, now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, that there was no breach left therein, th- uh, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. In other words, the job is almost done. Then Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. What, what, what is happening here? The work is almost done. Not completely done. The work is almost done. And the enemy says, Hey, let's have a meeting. But we're going to not meet there. We're going to meet somewhere else in a place called Ono. And we're going to meet and we're going to talk. But see, Nehemiah understood that they meant mischief. First off, can I tell you something? If the enemy can do anything, he is going to try to get you away from the work that you are doing. He's going to try to remove you from the will of God so that you are weaker in your faith and you are vulnerable for attack. Listen, when when he's at Jerusalem, when Nehemiah is there, he's got people around him that are there to protect him, that are there to be with him, that are there building in the same mission as him. But if he goes to, oh, no, oh, no. That's a whole other story. Amen, church? Now he's on the enemy's territory. Now he's taking himself away from the work. Now, now guess what? Now there's a pause in the work. Now he's going and he's going to entertain the enemies. But look at verse 3. Nehemiah's a smart dude. Listen, verse 3, and I sent messengers unto them. He's not even going to waste his time going to them himself. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work. So that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Church, hear me. Please don't miss this. When you are serving the most high God, you don't have time to stop and entertain the enemy. You know what happens in most Christians' lives? They get up on the mountaintop. Man, things are happening. The work is being done. 
I'm talking about the walls are being built back. Maybe all you have is just to put the, put the doors back up thereof. But then all of a sudden, what happens is, hey, you've done so much. Look at the progress you've done. It's time to take a little break. It's time just to take a cease. It's time just to lay back and get comfortable. But Nehemiah said, oh, no, I am doing a great work here. Why should I leave the work? Why should the work stop so I come to you? How many people have fallen trapped in this snare? Just take a break. You deserve to be happy. You've done enough. The devil tempts us, commune with me. Our answer, (laughs) why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Notice he says this. I don't care about the geography of it. It It may make sense geographically, but it makes sense spiritually. Why should I come down to you? You do realize the enemy's defeated. You do realize that we are set, set up with Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? So, so whenever you entertain the enemy, you're, you're going to have to go down to him because he can't come up where you are. Mm. I hope someone's getting this this morning. We are to be productive, but that's not all. When we expect victory, we must be also protective. It's not enough just to work. If the enemy cannot get to you, he will get to those that you love. And I want you to know something. I believe, and I'm just going to say this real quick, and I'm going to, the table's being set for something here in a second, but I, I believe we ha- there's a lot of good men in the church that they're productive, but they're not protective. They'll go in, they'll clock in and out, they'll make sure there's money in the bank and food on the table, but they're not protecting their family. Work was going good. Look back in uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 7. But when it came to pass that when Sambalt and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. Once again, the opposition turns up to heat. Sambalt and Tobiah gathered up others and planned an open attack on those working on the wall. It was no longer going to work to mock them. It was no longer going to work just to laugh at them and to joke against them and to falsely accuse them. Now they're going to set up an attack, an open attack against them. Worse than that, they didn't attack instantly. They let the threat linger. Persisting rumors of imminent threat. They dis- this, this discouraged the workers. You know what happens when you fear what might happen? You start living like it might happen. When you fear something might happen, let me, let me rephrase that. You're going to live like it will happen. Anyone ever been to an eye doctor? Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Look at us. We're all human beings with eyes. If you haven't, you need to go check out. Okay. But I, I go to an eye doctor. And you know how, I don't know what it is, I, they like, check your eyes. <laughs> that sounded a lot smarter come in my brain than it did coming out. <laughs> they do that, for real. But, see, they, they would do this thing, and I'll never forget that you would put your chin on it, and you would open your eye up, right? And then you'd have to open it, and then, all you know, you don't really know, it's like a, it goes from a red light to a green light, and it goes, Pff. you know what I'm saying? Let me, so, so I'm not, I don't like, I don't like that, okay? So I'd put, I'd put my, my chin up on it, and I'd be like this, and they're like, okay, open your eye. I'm like, and listen, the first time it ever happened, man, I was there for like 10 minutes, and, and, I, and I know the lady was getting irritated. She's like, open your eye. 
Well, what happened? What needed to happen got hindered, right? It took a lot longer to get what needed to get done. Listen, when we live all nervous and in fear of what the enemy might do, what we're going to do is we're going to be timid in our faith. We're going to be hesitant in our work. That's exactly what happened here with the workers. So what did Nehemiah do? In verse 13 and 14, this is what he said. He said, therefore, said I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. In other words, he told them, protect your home. Whether the attack happens or not, we're going to be ready. Protect your family. Fight for them. There's no longer just work being done. Now there's fighting being done. Let's see what happens. He says in verse 17 through 20, then they which build it a on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side, and so built it. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles, and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, The work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall one from another. In what place thereof ye hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. You know what they didn't do? They didn't hunker down, go home. And actually, the Jews from outside said, hey, just go home. This is, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? Like, you're, you're going to get killed. You're going to get hurt. Stop the work and go home. But you know what they did? They said, no, we're not going to stop the work, but we will, add a, we will add a weapon to our arsenal. We will have a sword girded to us. We will protect our families. It wasn't just the guards that were armed. The workers were armed as well. Taking up the work in one hand and a weapon in the other. Church, they were productive, but they were protective. Look at verse 15. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. <laughs> you know, if our churches and our families and our Our people were as resilient as these people right here. Now, I'm not talking about what they did before, what they did after. I'm talking about right here. If if we had a mind to work like these people had a mind to work, we would start seeing some walls being built back up. Are you protective over your family? Are you armored with God's armor, faith, righteousness, truth, salvation, we need all these things to be protective over our families. What is our weapon? Our weapon is this word of God. Amen. Does the enemy have access to your family church? See, we can't be just produ- productive. Because once we start being productive, the enemy is going to start being productive as well. So we've got to work and defend. We're going to do something this morning real quick. I don't know about no real quick, but we'll see what happens. I need two really strong young men. In other words, uh, Bryce and Zach. Okay. You're welcome. That's, hey, that's a great compliment. I appreciate y'all. Chris, you might actually want to help them. <laughs> 
I just want to show you. I want, to, I, want to, I want us to visualize how important this is this morning. So if you, if you wouldn't mind, if, if we can move this table all the way just over there somewhere. And then uh, let's see. Hey, Ronnie, where are you at? Can you unplug everything to where we can move this pulpit as well? You say, why didn't you do this before the service? Because I like preaching from a pulpit. Amen? Okay. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Yes, that is a big blue bottle of water. Okay. Make sure this is muted. Amen, amen. Now the pulpit as well. You just move that over here. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead. If someone can let uh, Randy know that we need, our, need the kids uh, from the hill. And, there's, and then just go, just go ahead and get everybody. If you want to just go, go get everyone to just come in here. Listen, hey, are you okay? Oh, what's up, man? Are y'all okay if a baby might cry a little bit while we do this? Is that okay? Okay. Just, just making sure. If you don't like it, you, there's a fellowship hall right over there. The baby's not going. You can go. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Did you tell them just all to come? Okay, Chris is coming. All right, here's what we're going to do. I need, I need some men to come up here real quick, if you don't mind. Just whoever wants to be a part of it. You don't have to, but I need enough men to cover this entire front section. So if you see that we're not going to cover the entire front section, then, you know, just go ahead and get on up. All right, I want you just to stand right here. Uh, go ahead and get on the sweat. Uh, yeah, go ahead and get on the step, if you don't mind. There you go, if you can. Okay, yep, I like it. All right, there you go. Perfect. I need you all to uh, interlock your shields right here. Well, there you go. Oh, you knew exactly what I was talking about. Praise the Lord. Get, get, get nice and tight, though. Get nice and tight. Nice and tight. There you go. There you go. Okay. Are y'all men? You're not going to come up? Okay. All right. How are you going to come and move the stuff and not be a part of the fun stuff? You know what I'm saying? All right. Okay. All right. So here we go. So look, nice and tight. Nice and tight. Keep it tight. All right. Now listen, hey, this is our first line of defense. Yeah, kiddos, come on in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is our first line of defense. Now listen, the enemy wants to attack us. Okay, and listen, some of these men right here, man, they, they could absolutely be in God's will. I'm not saying they're not, but they're in God's will. Man, they're working for the Lord. They're serving. They're, they're protecting their families. And look, as you can see, when, it's, when we're all together, just like the people in Nehemiah were, just like the people that had a mind to work, look at how strong that is. I mean, listen, that's pretty impressive right there. I need, I need some women now. I need some women. I need some women's. Come on. I need y'all to get behind these men. Do the same exact thing. Praise the Lord. Y'all look good. Well, kind of. Interlock shields. Interlock shields. Interlock shields. Okay. Hey, you're going to go up there in a second, okay? All right, go over there for right now. I'll knock you out. All right. Okay. All right. Now, you know what's awesome about this? Then listen, don't, let's not miss it with all the excitement, Okay. Let's not miss it. All right, by the way, this illustration is for those standing up here as well, not just those that are watching. Now, here's the thing. Listen, if the enemy can do anything, they're going to try to get to the ones we love the most. They're going to try their best to, 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 if they can get past the man, they're going to try to get to our man. Look, and if I try, look, this one I want to try. No, can't go in that way. Can't go in that way. Can't go in that way. Uh Uh-oh, can I go in this way? Absolutely. No. Hey, you know why? Because we are not just productive. Amen, Bill. But we are protective. Now listen, listen to me. Let's do this. Hey, kiddos over here. Because hey, if we're going to protect anything, you understand what I'm saying? 
hey, if you don't mind, can y'all follow me real quick? Right up here, okay? I'm, I'm trusting y'all to behave at least a little bit, all right? Okay? Okay? Hey, I just, all I need you to do is just stand right here behind them, all right? Interlock your little shields of faith. Amen. All right, right there. Interlock your arms. There you go. Right there. Okay. Here, scoot down a little bit, TJ. There you go. There you go. Okay. Go down with them. All right. Perfect. 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 Just stand right there. I know you're thinking, what in the world? Is this church? Yes, it is. You know what's beautiful about this? <laughs> the world says, hey, we're going to attack the next generation. We're going to get your kids. You may love the Lord. Your wife may love the Lord. The, the men and women of the church may love the Lord. But we're going to go right to the ones that are nice and ripe, the ones that we can mold in the world's way. But guess what? I can't even see them. I, I can't even see, I can't see the kids. As a matter of fact, I can't even get to the women to try to get to the kids. Why? Because, hey, we're not just productive. We're protective. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. Church, listen, here's what happens. All of a sudden, you know what happens? The enemy starts attacking us individually. See, together we're strong. <laughs> I, I'm, listen, I've been going to the gym a little bit, right? I've been doing some bench pressing. And there's no way I could get past y'all right now. I'd probably stay away from this corner. But there's no way. <laughs> I'm not going over to the gorilla. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way. But there's no, but there's no way I can get past this. But you know what happens? Hey, this is what happens. We start to get attacked individually. Now, guess what? Well, you know what? I'm just not feeling it no more. You can go sit down. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it today. I'm just, I'm just going to take the day off. Oh, hold on now. You can't leave that open. You can't leave the breach open. Okay, everyone's got to stretch out a little bit, right? Because you still got to protect, right? You still got to protect. Oh, you know what? I, I just, you know, I just, I, I just, there, there's, a, there's a fishing trip that I want to go on. Not, that's not personal. I know you love fishing. But anyway, there's a fishing trip that I, that I want to go on. I, I just can't be there today. I'm not going to be there. You know what? Work, work is just too tiring. Work is just too tiring. I, I'm going to come home and, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be there, but not be there. Hey, make sure you're stretching out. Make sure you're still doing it. Stay where you were, right? Okay. Guess what? All of a sudden, hey, we get attacked here, right? Well, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not going to do what I need to do. You can go down. You can go down. Stretch back in. You got to keep it going. Hold on. Now, now I start seeing some breaches. Now I start seeing some walls. Uh-oh, now it's hunting season. Now it's hunting season. Uh-oh, now, now it's basketball season. Now it's basketball season. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, guys. You see what's happening? Now guess what? Now you might have to, now I can try to get through. Now, uh-oh, now you got to go down. You're not going to block me like that. You see what happens here? The work still has to be done. Church, the work can't stop being done. So guess what happens? Listen to me now. Let's not miss this. I know this is crazy, but just hear me. Now, all of a sudden, we got people that are tired. They're building the wall, and they're tired. All the pressure and burden is on them, but guess what? You know who feels that? The women feel it. Your wives feel it. Hey, guess what? Okay, now we're just tired. You can go down now. 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 There's just too much pressure. You can go down now. <laughs> too much pressure. Melanie, you can go down. Linda, you can go down. Miss Caitlin, you can go down. Jenny, you can go down. These three right here, you can go down. Hey, listen, hey, and I'm, just for time's sake, I'm not going to give a situation for each one. But what I'm trying to say is when the first line of defense starts to break down, guess what? Now, the, the, now our women of the church, they're taking burdens that they were not created to bear. Now, guess who I can see, church? I can see our little kids. 
Not only that, but I have more access to, to, to the women. I have more access to whatever I want right here. As a matter of fact, I'm looking right here. I don't know why God did this to me, but I'm looking at my little one right here, face to face. River's looking at me smiling. Listen, hey, hey, listen, 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 listen. The enemy wants her. He wants to destroy my little girl. He wants to destroy your kids. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to steal your life from you. He wants to render you useless. There's work to be done still. Y'all can all go down. Thank y'all. Give these kids a little round of applause right here. <laughs> Go, go with boss. You say, what in the world? I know there's a lot of commotion. Praise the Lord. By the way, it's just awesome to have that many kids. You know what I'm saying? Now, listen, I didn't practice that. I didn't rehearse that. That, that was something that, as a matter of fact, the brother of mine uh, gave me the idea to do, and I've just been pondering on it. And, but let me just tell you something. That right there is a visualization of exactly what the enemy wants to happen. Not the first part. Not when we're all interlocked together and you can't breach it. But I'm talking about as people go down. As people say, well, you know what? I'm just going to, I just can't take it anymore. I'm just going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. And then all of a sudden, he can get exactly where he wants to get in our lives. We must work. We must protect. They were all of one mind. What was the result of this entire mission? What was the result of this entire mission? Well, look at verse uh, 15 of chapter 6 right here. So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month, Elal, in 50 and 2 days. 52 days. This impossible mission was completed. What about Sam Bouton Tobiah? Well, look at this. I love this right here. It says, and it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things. They were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. In other words, you know what they did? Nothing else we can do. I want to be that protector that gets up and the enemy is like, man, he won't budge. I want to be so productive that it doesn't matter how much he tries to attack me, I'm going to keep on working. Is anyone with me this morning? Our God is an awesome and mighty God. Do you expect victory? Say, preacher, I'm trying. I'm doing my very best. I'm truly getting up, and I'm, but I just feel like I'm losing the battle. I feel like I'm defeated. I feel like there's nothing else for me to do. I feel like I've lost everything that I've tried and to build in my life. It's just falling. It's just falling to the wayside. Every, all the work, all the, all the labor, all the prayer, all the things that I put in, it's just falling by the wayside. That's exactly where the enemy wants you. But you know what you can tell him? Look at verse 20. Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. He said, I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel. I'm preaching the gospel. He will prosper us. Therefore, will we, his servants, will arise and build, but ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial. 
Church, are you fighting? Do you have a mind to work? You know what's beautiful? You do realize that the church is not here as your sole trainer in the faith. You're only here, uh, well, most of y'all are here once a week. That's not enough. Some of y'all are here twice a week. That's not enough. Some of y'all are here three times a week. That's not enough. You do realize that the battle that's really fought is fought when you're not here. It's easy to feel victorious and spiritual at church. It's easy to, 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 to hear a message and to get excited for the Lord. What's difficult is when the enemy comes and adversity comes and presents itself, it's difficult to be like Nehemiah and the people and continue to have a mind to work, to be productive and protective over those that you love the most. So church, what does this mean for you? Do you have a mind to work? Does adversity hinder the work that you're doing? Are you productive and are you protective over those you love?